Welcome to the new Cyber Frontier, bringing you the latest news and initiatives that focus on the development of cybersecurity economics. You don't have to be a computer or cybersecurity expert to get plugged in. Your host brings it straightforward, asks the tough questions, and brings the cyber world to a level of understanding for everyone. You can find us on the web at www.newcyberfrontier.com. Now join our host as he introduces the topic for today's New Cyber Frontier. Hi, my name is Tim Montgomery. I'll be the host today for New Cyber Frontier, this edition podcast. And today we've got uh, Dr. Chris Gorog on, uh, continuing our series on dispute ledger and methodologies of his dissertation for the past seven years dedicated to coming up with a new solution that will support trust and privacy in the internet, I believe, and multiple other factors as we get into how transactions, uh, digital transactions work in the digital space for the digital transformation age. So, um, hi, Dr. Borog, how are you doing today? Doing good, how about yourself? Yeah, I am here today. Um, it's a great one. So, uh, today's conversation is gonna um, dive right into the patients. And I know Dr. Borog, as we were discussing things kind of off camera here um, or off off podcast. Um, there's a lot of applications that, that and today we don't, we don't, we won't have time to cover every day. No. I'm just going to say that up front because you, you know as well as any of this can apply to just about everything, not just the ones we're going to talk about today. So I would like to pretend out there among all of you that are listening um, that we're going to just, just, just the edge, tip edge of this, right, Dr. Grug, um, how applications what this can do across the board, all industries, ever. So, without with that, let's get into the kind of meat and potatoes of real world applications. So, I know Dr. Brock, we have um, we have talked in the past about several different things. Uh, the history of your research gets into a lot of different applications among state legislation in uh, um, Kent Lambert. Was a representation there in the state of Colorado that supported that, um, and then you moved into, especially with block me we got into utility structures and how SCADA works, how interactions among uh, components that could involve in security and measures to apply security to devices that interact uh, among the utility companies across the board and regions, um, and then supply chain. And, you know, we could just go on and on. And I get into healthcare. I love that whole thing about the healthcare and how little gadgets that end up residing in individuals to support life them and make it commonly good for them across the bar. It has to interact with something and it has to go back to their doctor. Those things, that, that's transactions, right? So we get into all these concepts and these transactions for these applications. So, um, I guess, what do you think, I mean, in your mind, after all this, what's your favorite one? Let's start there. What, what type of application do you think? You, what's the pick of the loop? I would say that if, if you go to applications industries, you you kind of classify them in everything we do right now in digital world is either cloud or edge device. So it's either something up on the cloud that we don't even know where it's at, or it's a physical device connected to something we do. Our you know, a, a utility, a medical, a education, our own little convenience devices, any IoT device, 
most of our cars industry you know there's a connection between what's happening in data collection and what's making the data and then yeah. what who the data is about and who owns it and keeping track of it any application that needs to have that control and that connection and have it be verifiable fits into the the need for a a, a highly capable large-scale transactions for attestation and accountability that you can do with a distributed ledger so when 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 it comes down to it the bigger the number of transactions the more data and the more widespread the more disarray there is the more valuable that this application can be towards it and all those industries you, you gave examples of are great examples all the government programs that we kind of started out with looking at where they're individual records and they're actually records that are all kept in the cloud but need to be separated into whose they are what was done with them who had access to them and that accountability of the data as it marches through its normal life cycle of being used is something that is of value to state governments and say hey we have these big repositories of data we don't want to be responsible for losing them and having everybody everybody's data compromised so we want to show you how we're accounting for it and putting the walls up between all the data all the operations and all the ways that we we use them so that you can see what how well we're doing for you as a government service um, and that honestly so that we don't have accountability we want to give it to you and make it so we might not even have access to your data that you have stored with us you have to be there to unlock it and that's the sovereign identity also great use case but those type of use cases of just separating and controlling the flow and use of data that's the one i think i like the best but when it comes down to the connection of physical and virtual that is yeah. just as powerful and that's those edge nodes anything that's iot that makes data that then goes to those data collections that's managed all around but the connection of physical and virtual yeah yeah i think it to my information and eventually what happens the app is free and it turned into money and i think a lot of people out there I don't know if it reaps the benefit of the concept of information given it to use your full database now comes you know to a point where you can sell it so i've always wanted that part now intricate pieces that happen between the exchange of devices and individuals um and, and it, it collecting data across the board um other factors like uh, in today's age it's it's not your uh, bulk magazine sales or your uh, or your telemarketers anymore. It's it's your click rates, things of that nature that that, that seems to plague us because we end up with cookies and things things like that that are on the internet. The internet information goes back. So I potentially believe that things this type of solution will help protect even at those levels at some point in time when you're talking about. The, the the integrity of a, of an information system uh, to your identity your computer you sitting in front of it your phone you sitting in front of it pushing the buttons what you put on it how what you do with it things like that so 
um, in a way where it's transparent to everybody. So it's not a lot of overhead, no costs, things like that. So things like what you're saying at the state level, those types of things, like let's uh, say certifications. I mean, I hold 26, 27 certifications today. I have to pay associated fees to maintain the CPEs, things like that across the board for cybersecurity. And uh, I like to know that my information is, is out there. It's trusted from a trusted source when I log into it. Um, but it also has the transactions move back and forth uh, throughout the duration of such things. I want to be able to be able to monitor take So I think there's a positive traction to that. I also think that, uh, you know, devices like your healthcare system devices, I don't know what the percentage or chance of, you know, do you know what the percentage or chance statistically of somebody being able to capture that data um, from individual devices that are on individuals or small devices like that in a healthcare setting that could be problematic to diagnostics of that person? Um, so you, you know, I, I think, think a lot of times, yeah, you know, when you're looking at the, the healthcare is a good one to start and analyze and say, okay, so what could that industry look like? You know, how many times does your Fitbit send something to get collected by a web engine that now has information about your heart rate, your blood pressure, whatever, for the last couple of years, right? And what do what does that tell them as a story about you? Right. Right. So and now if if that information is controlled by you in the future and you have the the ability to say, I'm gonna give it to a doctor, only this piece of it for two minutes, and I'm gonna see which pieces he looked at. I'm gonna get accountability of what he did with it and know if he tried to send it to anybody else or have anybody else look at it. Um, yeah. And I'm gonna have all those attestation to its use. Um, is that a lot of work by you? Well, if you wanted to do it right now, there's no way to do it. You just, this Fitbit can take your data and it goes to the cloud. But yeah. if a company that wants to get information about a thousand people goes to that company they sell that information they compile from you and ten thousand other people and make a lot of money because they yep. have so if that information is about you and you gave it to them without even thinking about it or you don't know that they took it even or it's a privacy thing that you clicked through that you didn't really fathom what was happening because we do that with everything now everybody gets to use our data for the, the right to use their system right so but if we change that around and it said in the future if somebody wanted to buy ten thousand pieces of information from a company they would have to pay 10 cents to each person that wore a fitbit instead of all that money going to the company because you have the accountability of its use and how the company has used it on an individualized level. And that's what changes when you add individualized controls and a governance system and accountability and a testability attestation to what has happened to it. And it starts one piece at a time. It won't be the company that makes money from your data that offers this service. It'll be the company that is a new startup that makes money from having you as a customer 
and tells you they're going to give you money every time somebody wants to use your data and is open with you that is a small company now that eventually takes over those big companies because people realize they can start to make something on a micro level and benefit on a micro level instead of just having nothing. Yeah, that's interesting. How do you think that impacts cybersecurity and public side? I think, um, you know, we're packaging it, packaging and cybersecurity yeah. of individual piece. It, it starts to eliminate the big repositories of data, or at least you're not in them anymore. Yeah. So if you you opt to start using services that come apart come 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 around in the post digital transformation and offer individualized protection instead of the services that you just sign away and give everything to. Eventually, those companies don't exist anymore. The free range data we change the philosophy, and I think I talked about in an earlier show is we started out with a philosophy that people want. They want individual empowerment. And we're making the technology to gradually enable that over time. We are empowering people with what they want. And that's the approach is to, instead of just, you know, when any new technology, any new air comes along, any new frontier opens up, people flow into it without any controls. But after a while, it becomes saturated enough that we're, we need to start granularizing the new system of, of its use. Yeah, that the sales things you you know transact to uh, buy things on Amazon or whatever uh, favorite place you like to go to buy things on the internet as a digital transaction um, so I mean it it, it really, with cybersecurity being applied, I would think that it, it changes the landscape entirely. One up for cybersecurity component um, and, and digital rights uh, being protected through privacy and, and uh, less overhead for cybersecurity measures to apply things. I think also that it adds to what insurance look at. I guess we, we look at uh, you know intellectual property concepts. So, I mean, insurance, like I said, like with cars, you have your own customized insurance policies. Um, that would also play into insurance concepts um, with with information, protection of information, protection of other things that get stolen, transactions in banks, things of that nature. So mm -hmm. I think that's also a feasible idea of how what types of implications that would be implied. Um, so I certainly think the industry and insurance uh, when it comes to protection of your digital ID identity yeah on that front i think insurance uses the the post um application where basically now that we have a track record of use the insurance yeah. uses it as a risk assessment as an actuarial you know what have what benefits are produced what value is gained and a measurement of them yeah i think so i think that would also imply discount prices, you know, like good grades, you know, your child gets good grades, if they show that, they get discount prices on insurance, things of that nature. Uh, the history of no, no accidents over a 10-year period, there's a forgiveness factor in it. Um, it also provides good habits uh, through the digital space, and digital space there, the virtual environment too. 
uh, for those types of things. Does that mean now we're all going to have some kind of scores lingering over our head of how many times we've done the wrong thing? Or and that, that's, that's the part where, you know, the balance of privacy. So yeah. no matter what, every data set that you would produce might have yeah. some things that are valuable in to to openly to everybody seeing like metadata like what's in your data but you yeah. don't you might not want the actual data to be seen or you might want the trend of your usage you might not want how often something's done but yeah. whenever you do want to uh, open it up you have the ability to so um the 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 trends and the the application of it over time um but the the balance of you know like i said every data set you have to look at and say which pieces of this are dangerous which pieces of it do i want to keep to myself which pieces are valuable that i could sell later and which pieces will be open and then there might be a social requirement that some pieces have to be open for everybody to know what your participation pieces are and that's the the components that, that we factor into trust algorithms are those openly available pieces that everybody has to know to be able to tell how well you play with everybody else what is your honor system but now we're going to watch your honor system with a calculatable trust level like your credit score like smart cities i know we've i've been in conferences we've talked in colorado springs here um about smart the technologies that are interactive in smart uh, towns, smart cities, the concept of a smart city um, plays to a lot of automations, uh, but there's an awful lot of transactions like the Internet of Things is basically wrong with that. In utilities, though, okay, SCADA systems, um, they're quite different between the two concepts, but still interactive. Um, I mean, what are some of the problems that this, this type of thing could solve? Uh, when it comes to some of those specific details of interactions between uh, the commodities between the two sets of differences, utilities and smart city. So in, in the utilities of smart cities, you have the ultimate kind of high need for attestation in machine-to-machine right. -machine operations so that you don't have bombs and people getting killed. You know, explosion, right. explosions, say, well, explosions of equipment. When you try to put high-power generators on the lines together you could have very bad damage um yeah. you could even have loss of life and people getting hurt with electricity um same with like um large civil engineering critical infrastructure anything listed as critical infrastructure that has uh electromechanical so things are electrically operated digitally operated that then act on mechanical or real world operations opening up water valves turning on gas pipes opening up sewer lines opening dam dam overflows turning on power shutting off power anything that's you know heating and air conditioning um ventilations anything that has a physical operation that we need to know that the operation is done and have accountability for it is a key critical role and need for this trusted technology. Um, we've been trying to go as a society towards more green, more renewable energies, more micro 
providers of energy like your house and solar panels, your car, a wind farm, you know, power plants, uh, a small generator at a company, all these different things that can produce power. The, the missing piece that we haven't been able to really adopt that is the, the ability to trust those different devices that aren't owned by one company. And electrically, if somebody says, my house says I'm putting power on the, on the power grid for two months, say for two years, I'm going to tell the power company every day I'm putting power on the grid. The power company then is going to pay me for the amount of power I put on the grid, right? Well, what proof do they have that I actually put power on the grid other than my electronic device is telling them I did, yeah. which I could have hacked just to tell them I'm putting power on just to get paid. So the, the trusted accountability between electromechanical systems has, is what has stopped renewable energy adoption. The, the technology, we're actually working with several utility companies to put this technology into the, the end, end node systems on the grid so that they can not only trust each other, but make a transaction and agreement for energy production and energy usage without the involvement of humans, a peer-to-peer -peer operation. So if, if a wind farm comes up and it has power and a, and a, and a um, distribution, a, a hospital needs power, their equipment can connect, talk to each other, agree to use that power and pay for it without going to the utility company and do that directly between two providers. Those type of systems have, are not possible without trusted communication. And that trusted communication isn't possible right now unless the utility company owns everything, which is why it's only one-way power down. They're not going to give you money for what your meter says unless they put the meter on your house. But whenever everybody's making and distributing their own power, it is paramount that we have these systems that have trusted communication between edge node systems. And that's a very valuable there's several problems that haven't been able to be solved in that you know one is the security of those devices two is the trusting of the data from them and then three is to be able to make the transactions and scale it to millions of devices that a human never touches out yeah, on a pole somewhere goes back to constant of thinking well you know if you have Work back, make money off of something you've invested in. Not only does it provide power and trust between devices, also gives the integrity of asking for something where you're, you're getting money for. Yeah, attestation is the best word. Accountability and attestation that I can yeah. prove the other person's done what they said mathematically. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's, I can see the algorithmic proof of it before I'm going to pay them. And that's what's distributed ledger. That's why the promise of it and why it was so uh, sought after in the first cryptocurrency usage. Wow, I, without knowing somebody, I can trust that I got that money and they lost it or they, they transferred it to me and I don't have any risk of losing out as long as I behave in the, the proper manner too. Yeah, it goes back to the individual being able to use more resources. Provision things for themselves. Control. It's not it's control of their own digital assets. Yeah. And the connection of physical to that is where 
the, the high valuable, like critical infrastructure, energy, smart, smart homes, even in the medical devices we talked about, or anything that's IoT. Let's let's theorize for a minute that there's millions of consumer products that you get in your hands that get information from a web web somewhere provide information to the web somewhere provide information to another system and the ability to have commerce and actually control that for your own benefit whether you're the company or the consumer the company can't take information without you knowing it the you have to pay for information you get another person that's not the company you can negotiate information sharing and, and a transaction with but that power now rests in you as the the data creator the ability to purchase right now a company has a major problem they want to sell a file to somebody that it doesn't go to just everybody and not thousands of people how do you sell it to one person make money for that file transfer and verify that that person hasn't given it to anybody else that's of, of great value in the consumer market and whether you're the consumer a peer-to-peer -peer operator or the the supplier of, of products and services now products and services in digital form are connected to physical Something goes to the economy and actually the money is going in the car. Economy would require would require yeah. And what we've just been talking about is what we might call in the cybersecurity industry compliance enforcement. So now if I know when somebody used something, when I gave it to them, what time they use it in, and I can shut it or enable it for a certain time window, I am now empowered with compliance enforcement. Yeah. And it's a very powerful piece added to the trust. If we can now trust and time slice to get trust, we can time slice to get accountability and time slice to get attestation and time slice to get revenue and economic benefit. Yeah, it, it sounds amazing across the board. How this is really going to create trust factors, but it's going to create the comfortability, the confidence, things where you get on something and you don't have that worry anymore about some interaction and you're gonna end up in my something. Um you're gonna end up having a problem somewhere because somebody decided to jack with you or mess with you somehow. Um these certain things. And then it evolves into this, you know, you start being able to sell if that's what you're gonna do, you have the rights to figure out how to sell your own information for yourself uh, when it goes back to a variety of different factors on uh, today's transformation. Uh, and uh, yeah, the startup being able to sell and manage and make revenue economics on your own information is yeah, to be able to control and manage it. Create a whole new environment. Yeah. It's transmission is something that we've never seen before in the way where there's integrity. 
Yeah, we started out with this whole series talking about cybersecurity is the controls of our digital age. It is yeah. how we control and govern things that are all virtual and separate yeah. them from different peoples, different ownerships, different operations, what has happened to them. Um, and until, you know, I, I, I don't say that, hey, oh, we've made the magic thing, everybody can use it and everybody's life will be benefit, but it's definitely going to change the philosophy and enable a new empowerment of something we haven't had before. Yeah, especially trying to figure out how to wrangle or put our hands on and make sure that our information doesn't go just all over the place. Mm -hmm. uh, something we can't help today. So, yeah. Certainly change. Yeah. Well, it's always good talking to you, Dr. Korok, um, especially about this. I think we could go on and on and on, as I've always said in the last, you know, pieces of the series that we've been continuing here. Um, we are coming to the end of this podcast. And uh, as always, I'd like to give last last moments here, Dr. Korok, for his last words um, for this podcast. So go ahead, Dr. Korok. Yeah. And um, we always like to say, get involved, reach out to us. Um, there's many different applications and use cases that can be built on top of public open access APIs that are offered through these platforms and the technology uh, and the community packages that will be available. Uh, come see how you can involve, look up your application. Um, if it's something you feel that could benefit from distributed ledger, look into our our application instance of it, it is definitely something that uh, I think is is turning heads uh, and will provide a whole new era of empowerment. And we look forward to, to working with as many people as we can and empowering as many people as we can. Yeah, I think that's been your kind of montage from the beginning, right? Uh, this, this whole entire episode or illusion, alluding to the distribution, um, your research itself, those types of things have just expanded exponentially into all kinds of facets um, and how this can integrate into just about everything we do in the digital age. So something that I think you started with, uh, you started the research uh, and expanded as we've gone along. And there's been several people that, that have been in the journey here. So yeah. certainly have got a little taste of what it could be. And I think, I think for me, I am, I'm to a point where it's hard for me to fathom that, you know, what, what we grew up, life, internet evolved, and we've never seen such a thing as possible. Now you're sitting here telling me, uh, yeah, and you want everybody to come and see and get involved. Yeah. So it's a great idea. So, all right. <laughs> That's it for the episode. It's time to do this round. Um, everybody stay safe out there. We'll see you next time. Thanks. BlockFrame technology offers next-generation blockchain-managed trust and security. Unique non-fungible tokens are used to secure software bills of materials to provide data quality and security for every transaction in your supply chain. Deploy advanced peer-to-peer -peer product security, scale zero trust capability to millions of IoT devices, allow vendor tracking and accountability, and rapidly reset from compromise. Unchangeable, time-sequenced blockchain data provides next-generation security using machine learning trust algorithms and audit analytics. Start securing your supply chain today by contacting BlockFrame at www.blockframetech.com.
We hope you have enjoyed this episode of New Cyber Frontier. Remember to get involved. Often we think that someone else will handle privacy and security in the virtual world, but you are the only one truly in command of your virtual fate. Join our mailing list so we can keep you informed of breaking news and new releases. If you have an idea, if you have a question that you would like to hear answered, or if you want to get involved with our efforts, reach out to us at newcyberfrontier.com. We also encourage you to visit our sponsors' links as they are the ones that really make this show possible. I want to thank each of you for supporting the show, and we look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of New Cyber Frontier.